Welcome to the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He's looking good today. He's looking sharp. The tattoo's showing, and he's ready to win some money for some people and talk about some topics in sports, and you can't teach that. Bada boom. Man, the people in the room. Welcome in to the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment, Ride the Line. Welcome into the greatest sports betting podcast in the world, Ride the Line. And thank you all for tuning in on this wonderful Friday. We hope you all are ready to break in the weekend. We've got some great sports coming up. we got the Women's World Cup where the USA trying to bring home the gold to the country. Tanner, I know you're feeling pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm feeling very excited. But before we get into talking about that, Grant, we're going to talk about that in a minute. The people need to subscribe to the show. Because we got a lot of good stuff coming today. We got a lot of good stuff coming on Monday and Wednesdays and Fridays. And it's almost football season. So subscribe to the show. Click a button. One little button. We say it every time. Just one little button. We're giving out winning betting picks. We're going over the biggest news in sports media. You guys want to be tuned in. You just got to press one button. So don't let us down. Don't let your country down on the day they are taking on Vietnam in the World Cup. Grant, the ladies need a pep talk right now. Lazy. Put your hand over your heart. Put your hand over your heart. The Vietnamese are screwed tonight because the United States of America is coming for your ass. Just like we did in Vietnam. Just like we did in Korea. Just like we did in World War I. And just like we did in World War II. We are the back-to-back World War champions and we will show it on the pitch tonight. And then you know who's up next? Denmark. They're already fucked. And then you know who's up next? I don't even know who's up next, but it doesn't matter because you don't want to be in the way of the United States of freaking America. We stormed the beaches in Normandy. We put the flag up on whatever mountaintop that picture is famous, and we have dominated every single country in our way. We go back to the revolution. The British thought they were going to defeat us and keep us from being our own country. But we said, no, no, no. We're going to dump your tea in the ocean, and we are going to send you back to where you came from. We are the United States of freaking America, and the Vietnamese should be shitting their pants right now because Alex Morgan is going to score 17 goals tonight. She is minus 800 to score a goal, and you are going to get your ass kicked. God bless America in George Washington. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was all off the top. Standing applause for Tanner Kern. I really hope the U.S. women's team is able to listen to that because I'm ready to run through a goddamn brick wall right now. That was all off the top, too. I feel like Eminem in freaking 8 Mile or Mile 8, whatever it is. Whatever it is. I'm not into the rap community that much. But that was – that I should be a – I should I, – I think I'm Eminem and I'm a combination of Eminem and Little Dicky and all those those guys. Little Dicky, which which ones, which one of those are you more uh, more proud to be? You more proud of Eminem or Little Dicky? I think honestly, like I'm probably more of a Little Dicky guy. But like I got some grit in me, like Eminem too. I I, I don't think I honestly I probably could make about two hours on the streets of Detroit, maybe. So. You're tall. People don't know this about you. You're, you're pretty tall. Like people are surprised when they run into you. No, oh, yeah, people are surprised. They they see you're a little bigger than I thought you were on like Zoom. I'm like, yeah, you can't tell on Zoom, buddy. <laughs> You can't, you can't see my, my six four legs on Zoom. You can't see the legs on Zoom. 
Six foot four legs, just like the United States is going to score 64 goals on the Vietnamese tonight. Ladies, good luck. Go get a World Cup. I bet on you at plus 220, so that's the primary reason I want you to win this tournament. That's really all I care about, so win me some money, okay? God bless America, because the Celt- the last two future bets I placed on the Celtics and the Bruins, they bet me over royally. So, America. All right. Subscribe to the show. If you don't want to subscribe after that, like, honestly, just turn the show off. Like, if you <laughs> leave. Get out, because we don't need you. That was electric, Tanner. I got to give you props. That was probably the best intro we've ever had on the show. Hands up, ha- or hands down, rather. Thank you. All right, Grant. So, we're talking NFL today. I'm a little tired, so I'll let you you host this part. But break it away. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to be touching on a few hot topics here. I know you guys come for the betting picks, but we also want to talk about some of the news and some of the controversy that's going through the world of sports. And with the NFL season fast approaching, a lot of that smoke is coming from the NFL camps of different teams, one of those being Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants. Now, Saquon is one of many running backs right now that are pretty frustrated because they don't feel like they're getting their just due with their contract. Saquon uh, was up for a a long-term deal. He was going back and forth with the Giants. They were negotiating. I believe they offered him $11 million a year. He wanted 13, which in the grand scheme of things, not that much big of not that big of a difference in these negotiations. But for whatever reason, it didn't go through. And Saquon, if he does play next season, he will be under the franchise tag. I don't do you know if he has signed it yet or is, is he still waiting to sign? So I think when you tag, they don't have to sign you, but he he, he has to show up like the pay doesn't start till the game. Like, don't don't quote me on that. I was just listening to NFL radio the other day and he loses six hundred thousand dollars for every game he doesn't show up to. So I'm assuming when you tag them, they're your property and he either has to play for them or he loses money. OK, so whatever it is, Saquon, basically, he's, he's got to play to earn his money this coming season. And after that, he's going to be a free agent unless they tag him again, um, or he's just going to hit the open market. Now, I'm interested to see where you weigh in on this. I was actually doing a segment with our friends at VEASAN, and I was talking about this very subject. And what I said was, I do understand the devaluation of the running back in the modern NFL, because if you are a dominant team, you don't necessarily need to have a great running back. In fact, it's one of the last positions you you look to. Like, let's just take the true, true Super Bowl ready teams. You look at the quarterback. First of all, that's the that's the catalyst of everything. Then you need to be able to get after the quarterback. So you got to have pass rushers. You've got to have a solid offensive line. Then you have to have playmakers like wide receivers and tight ends. I feel like those are the four components that every Super Bowl ready team has to have. Now, with that being said, if you're a team that's not ready to win a Super Bowl, then having a strong running back can arguably be the most important part of your team. I feel like the greatest example of that, a team that maxed out that potential, was the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry a couple of seasons ago. Like That team was never going to win a Super Bowl, but they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game on the back of how strong Derrick Henry was. A situation that the Giants are in and that Saquon is in, I feel like, look, Tanner, we have our disagreements about Daniel Jones. I don't think you think he's amazing, but you're higher on him than I am. He was sixth in quarterback rating last year. The Giants exceeded their, their expectations. A lot of people were saying this is the emergence of Daniel Jones. What I was always saying is 
This is the arrival of Brian Dable and the implementation of a new system and the fact that Saquon Barkley was at the center of everything on this offense. If you look at Daniel Jones's career without Saquon in the lineup, he has a passer rating of seven in the 70s. So you're taking away the guy that you build the offense on. You're taking away the actual best player on the entire team, and you're telling your young quarterback, hey, it's, it's sink or swim, and we really need you to swim. Like We need you to go out there and thrive. I just don't think it's a good situation, again, for a team that is nowhere near ready to compete for a Super Bowl, and you have this young quarterback who I still think is unproven. I feel like it's a mistake not giving Saquon the money he wants. I'm torn here. Because the Giants do rely on Saquon a lot. He counted for 29% of the yards. But with that being said, the NFL is a business number one. Where do you, what do you do in business? You cut costs. See a lot of people getting laid off. Not an easy world out there. In the 2023 America, a lot of people getting laid off, Grant. It's no different. So, but here's the question, right? If I were to tell you, you get one franchise tag and you get one long-term contract. Go back to last year. Because you had the opportunity to get this done last year. Who are you giving it to? Daniel I'm Jones. giving the franchise tag to Daniel Jones, no. and I'm signing Saquon. No, because I don't want to restart with my court. It's a lot harder to restart with a quarterback. Quarterback touches the ball in every play. I don't know. Saquon's a very good running back, right? One of the best in the league. But I can replace Saquon easier than I can replace a quarterback. And I know Daniel Jones, like you were saying, he needs Saquon in there to be successful and blah, blah, blah. Like, bottom line is we don't really know because it's his first year. It's the second year of Brian Dable, right? He has no weapons in general. So I think he's a decent quarterback. I would give – I think they a little overpaid for him. But, again, like that's the market value. That's what quarterbacks get paid. If you're going to take one, it's a quarterback. Now I'll go back to Saquon for a second. Saquon's really complaining about $2 million saying he's underpaid, like 11 to 13. Like now he's making 10. Like, you know, come on. Like the, the franchise tag thinks like 10 and a half. Come on. Like – play football you want your big contract next year you got to show up and play stop bitching and show up like now it doesn't matter for him because like he didn't get the money he either shows up and he plays or he doesn't because there you can't go up from what he's at i think they can restructure the franchise tag to give him like another million dollars if they wanted to um but i look at the, the nfl it's a business and it's a passing league and if you're a running back you don't benefit from it you benefit from being a receiver you benefit from being a quarterback so it's just the way the game is. Like, I don't think these running backs need to freaking riot by any means because someone's going to be replaced. I feel like you've seen um, there's been some some bad contracts that have sort of spoiled the market, too, for running backs, too. Like Ezekiel Elliott is making a shit ton of money. And now he can't even get on a roster. Um, uh, Todd Gurley, great example or great example there. Like guy who won offensive player of the year, looked like he was going to be an MVP candidate first two, three years of his career. And he was out of the league after like five or six. So we've seen that happen before. And it's just kind of been an unfortunate situation for the rest of the, of the running backs in the league. I don't disagree with you that it's easier to replace Saquon than it is Daniel Jones. However, I feel like having, I feel like I don't know. Maybe this goes back to me not being fully sold on Daniel Jones, but I feel like with the potential that they bring to my team, I would rather replace Daniel Jones, even if it means I'm going to be taking a step back the next couple of seasons, because I don't think Daniel Jones is a guy. I think Daniel Jones, if, if we're looking at the NFC East, Dak, Jalen, Sam Howell, and, and Daniel Jones, I feel like there's no chance Daniel Jones is a top two quarterback in that division. There's no chance. I just don't see him improving. I don't think they have a chance. And if you have the third or fourth best quarterback in your own division, you're not even going to win the division. You're going to count on making the wild card every year. And then what are the chances that you actually get anything great done by being the wild card? 
Yeah, but there's there's just no guarantee. You got a guy who performed well last year, and it's very hard for rookie quarterbacks to step in the league and actually do something. Like we look at all these rookie quarterbacks coming the league, like the majority of them are busts. Um, so it's it's hard to to replace the quarterback. Saquon can be replaced by somebody. Um, Daniel Jones can be replaced, but it's it's a longer road to replace a quarterback than as a running back. Um, I just go back to the Super Bowl champs from whatever the past few years. Kansas City last year, who was their running back? Pacheco. Uh, Pacheco, yeah, Pacheco. They could have won without Pacheco. Um, and the same goes for whatever the other the, the other little the, one. the Rams had Cam Akers, uh, Cam Akers. Eagles in seventeen, and the Patriots in some year had a uh, 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 Blunt. The Bucks, Bucks had, had Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Fournette, but again, like Leonard Fournette is he's replaceable. Obviously, <laughs> he shows. He well, no, this is up. what I was said though. Like, if you are a Super Bowl ready team, you don't need a running back. In fact, that's probably the number one place to cut costs. But if you're not that team, then you want sort of a steady presence to help your quarterback develop and all that stuff yeah i guess but i just don't think it's worth if they if they had their here's what i'm thinking here's what i'm saying if they had their 11 million dollar like line that we're not crossing like that's the new nfl hey saquon i'm gonna give you 11 what, 11 a year right it's 11 a year yeah now that we do have to keep in mind we don't know about how much of this is guaranteed and if it was incentive based stuff like that we don't but if it's 11 million a year they say hey we're not going over 11. You want 13. You want to be a New York Giant? You got to take 11. Take take the damn money. Like, that, that's just, that's my thought process. It's $2 million. In the scheme of things, it's, it's a lot of money, but it's 11 versus 13, and now you're at risk of not playing this season, and now you look like an asshole if you do come back and you don't have a good season, and then you're not going to get a contract. Like, this is the kind of stuff that puts Saquon out of the league in the coming seasons. Because but this is all this is also a bet on yourself move like this can work out for him because granted, it's going to be hard because running backs, they take a, a ton of beating. That's another reason teams don't want to give them the long term deals. Also, with your point about them being replaceable, if you just look at the actual skill set that's required, I feel like running back is the easiest position to step into the NFL from college and be an immediate contributor on day one. So, yes, it's easier to replace Saquon, but at the same time, if he goes out there, they have the same usage rate for him that they did last year. He's clearly the best player on the team again. Daniel Jones doesn't show much improvement. Now, if you're the Giants, now you're going to be paying him like $15, $17 million a year if you do want to keep him. So it's, I don't think they would keep him. I, I think that I think the, I don't think Saquon will be a giant. Neck. I, don't, like I don't either. Just to be clear, I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is last year with the Giants. He'll play one more year, but look at all these running backs that are on the market. Like you have Ezekiel Elliott, not saying Zeke's Dak, or not saying Zeke is. Um, Saquon. Saquon level you have a uh, playoff Lenny on the market right not saying playoff Lenny is 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 Saquon level but you have like big name running backs on the market that nobody's picking up so if Saquon plays this year he needs to play exceptionally well to get the bag and also too the way the NFL is going it doesn't look like he's going to get the bag just because these running backs are saying you got to pay us more it doesn't mean we're going to they're going to pay him more because in the end of the day there's plenty of running backs coming out of college that can run the football and will take 11 million dollars a year there's plenty of them Saquon isn't, Saquon isn't the only guy who's frustrated with not getting his money, though, of course. And it's another guy from the NFC East. It's Zach Martin. Now, he's reportedly not – I don't want to say unwilling, but he's considering not showing up to the team because he's making about $7 million less per year than the other top guards in the NFL. Uh, Chris Lindstrom. I forget who, who – who, do you know who the other guy at the top of the list was? I... Batonio, maybe? Mike, uh, here, talk, talk. I'm going to figure this out. You you bring us in. So Zach Martin basically doesn't want to show up to training camp because the highest paid guards are about $7 million above him. 
And you know what? In this case with Zach Martin, I don't blame him because I think he's wanted his contract restructured. He's a top guard. He's a future Hall of Fame. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He could retire tomorrow and be in the Hall of Fame. So I think this is a if, – if the Cowboys don't restructure this contract, this is a very bad move because he is a key piece to what they do in the run game and the passing game. Um, so it's he's the leader of the offensive line. So it's Chris Lindstrom and Quentin Nelson. They're making about $20 million a year. Zach Martin's making about $13 million a year. To your point, Zach Martin can walk away from football right now. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a six-time first-team All-Pro. We were talking about this off-camera yesterday, Tanner. Making the All-Pro team is ridiculous. Tom Brady was a three-time first-team All-Pro and a three-time second-team All-Pro in his 22-year career. So he had six – he was an All-Pro in six seasons, and he wasn't in 16. Like, Zach Martin was on the first team six times. So he has been instrumental to the Cowboys' offensive line over the past decade or so. And if you're talking about this potentially being the Cowboys' year, because we've had these conversations, aside from the Eagles and the Niners, like there's not a whole lot of other teams that can actually challenge for anything in the NFC. The Cowboys, one of the very few that you wouldn't put them as the favorites, but you could say it's realistic for them to get in there. But other than that, like who are you looking at? Are you looking at the Seahawks? Are you looking at the Lions? There's a clear fall off there. So if you're the Cowboys and you're in this mode, Jerry Jones has been famous for giving a crap ton of money to players he probably shouldn't and then not paying players who he probably should. Now, I'm not saying $13 million a year is, is underpaid for a, an offensive line and especially a guard, you know, this isn't a left tackle. But if he wants this pay hike, or at least he wants a restructuring of his deal to give him the money, with the where your team is at, with where the NFC is at, you've got to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a six-time first-team All-Pro. You don't want to show up training camp. You don't have to show up training camp. Like, he's he's that good. And I look at, like, Saquon just comparing this. Like, Saquon won 13, he got 11. Like, this is a $7 million difference for, a, for probably the best offensive guard in the league. So Quentin Nelson's up there. I mean, Quentin Nelson's a great, great guard and, um, and Lindstrom, but like, this is just too, this is like, this should have been done for the Cowboys in the winter. It shouldn't have taken this long. It shouldn't be. Cause now every day he doesn't show up, people are going to be talking about it. And like, where's, where's uh, Zach Martin? Where's Zach Martin? He's your leader of your offensive line. And you know, it, it comes to a point where this is a business and these guys got to get paid. And I, same thing, like you got to live and die by your decisions. Like if I was Saquon, I probably would take an 11 if I want 13. This one, if I'm a six-time first-team All-Pro, and there will be – if they cut him or they released him or he didn't play this year, there's plenty of takers for him on the open market. Where Saquon, the way the running backs are going, the, the same is not the, – the, it's not the same situation. And I mean, just look at some of the top, top Super Bowl contenders. Now, I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles may be the only team that don't necessarily need a Zach Martin on their team. Anyway, oh, they would take him. They would, would for sure take him. Yeah. But like the 49ers, they would imagine, imagine uh, you have Trent Williams and Zach Martin on the same offensive line. Like, what are you going to do? That's a brick wall you're not getting past. The Kansas City Chiefs, if there's been a quote unquote weak point of their offense, you know, it's supposed to be the offensive line. I actually think their offensive line has been pretty good, but still, they would be able to upgrade by adding Zach Martin. The Bengals, they went out and they gave money to Orlando Brown. You don't think they would be able, willing to give money to Zach Martin if they sense this is the year we can get to the Chiefs? Even the Buffalo Bills, we talk about this. We're low on the Bills. We think they're regressing. If they can go out and get the best offensive guard on the market, while they're still in their Super Bowl window, they would do that. So, you know, to your point about there being suitors for Saquon, yes, there would be, but Zach Martin goes on the open market. Damn near every team in the league wants to sign him. Yeah, good offensive linemen are very, very hard to find, especially a six-time first-team All-Pro. There will be plenty of people that would want to take him if the if he if the Cowboys cut him, which they never would. 
Um, they're going to restructure his deal. You know they are. They have to. They have no choice. And another team that has no choice, Tanner, and we're going to wrap up the show here, guys. Before we do, actually, we will remind you one last time, hit that subscribe button because we're on here all the time. We're giving out winning betting picks. Tanner is giving out motivational speeches. He's probably going to get hired to be the, uh, the, the, the psychotherapist of the U.S. women's national team after that motivational speech. Uh, where was I going with this? Another team that we're, is in the news is the New York Jets, and it's because they can't avoid hard knocks. It seemed like they didn't want to take the deal, but ultimately, I mean, hard knocks had to go somewhere. There, there are a few teams that were uh, on the short list. Ended up being the Jets. Now, they're going to cut out certain parts. Like, they're not going to use footage of them cutting players. Um, Aaron Rodgers, supposedly, you know, they're going to cut out some stuff involving the, the offensive preparations, the signals, all that type of stuff. What do you think about the Jets? Because we've talked about them before, and we feel like people are maybe overvaluing a little bit, them a little bit. With Hard Knocks coming in here, do you feel like this is the right move, or is this just too much chaos? I just think if they can't handle the adversity of hard knocks, they're going to have a hard time handling the adversity of the fourth quarter against the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, you know, you're a player that makes a ton of money. Like, they're they're complaining about hard knocks. Bottom line is hard knocks is great for the fans. It gives you an inside look at what it's like in NFL training camp. Those guys are paid because of the fans. You got to just suck it up and do it and not bitch about it, in my opinion. And I know it's probably easier said than done, especially for a new team with new quarterback and stuff. But like without the fans, there is no NFL. Hard knocks is for the fans. One hundred percent. Here's what I think the Jets are going to run into problems with. And of course, this is purely speculation. I'm not reporting this. I haven't heard this. But Aaron Rodgers, we know, can be a um, prickly. <laughs> he's like a cactus. Like he's cool to look at. You approach him. If, if you get too close, he might he might you know hurt you a little bit. He's got a very a personality that can ruffle some feathers. Um, don't. I mean, he, he seems like he's doing a great job building chemistry with his young guys that he's going to be working with. But that's not a guarantee to roll over. We saw he was frustrated with the Packers young receivers the last couple of seasons and with hard knocks being there of course they're going to cut out different parts and they're going to try to go about business as usual but I mean you know like we record these videos if you know there's a camera on you even if you think you're as close to you as you can be you're going to act just a little bit different it's going to be in the back of your head a little bit is that going to cause some blow-ups is that going to cause some emotional outburst at, at camp you don't know any of that and then we get to the regular season this goes to your point about them being able to handle the pressure. Let's look at how the Jets start their season. They started on Monday night football against the Buffalo Bills. Then they go at Cowboys, home for the Patriots, and they haven't beaten the Patriots in like the last 78 years. Then they play the Chiefs at the Broncos. The Broncos might be the most improved team in the league with Sean Payton, you never know. Then they've got the Eagles. Then at Giants, a good good Giants team last year, and then the Chargers. It's not until the Raiders in like week eight or week nine that you have an actual manageable game. Like this could be the start of something very bad for the Jets. Yeah, I think the Jets, like if if they don't start the season hot, they're going to fade because you got the New York media. And I just don't think they're going to start winning games in the second half, even though the schedule gets lighter. But realistically, they'll lose the Bills on Monday yeah. Night Football at home. I mean, if they beat them, that's, that's a huge coming out party for them. But – just going on paper of what we know the Jets to be. They lose to the Bills. They lose to the Cowboys. Patriots going to be a tough game, but I'll give them the win there. You beat the, you lose to the Chiefs. So you're one and three. Broncos at the Broncos, tough game. I'm going to say that's one and four. You either beat the Patriots or you beat the Broncos. Eagles, you're going to lose. That's one and five. Giants, you beat. That's two and five. Chargers, tough game. I'll give it 50, to you. 50 50. 
50-50. That's a 50-50. That's a three and five game. Raiders, you beat. You're four and five. Bills, I can't at the Bills, four and six. Miami's going to be tough. You get them two times, so I'll give you one win in the second half. That's five and seven. You beat the Falcons at six and seven. You beat the Texans at seven and seven. You beat the Commies. That's eight and seven. And then you got the Browns and the Patriots. I mean, nine and seven, nine and eight. I think best case for the Giants or the Jets, you're looking at nine and eight. That's what I've been saying. Their win total, I believe, is set at nine and a half. I've been saying take the under. Like these guys are one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I believe they're sixth or seventh in odds. They're they're way up there in Super Bowl futures. I don't even necessarily think they're gonna make the playoffs. Like I don't. And do I think the Jets are better than the Dolphins? If Tua stays upright, I don't love Tua, but the system they've put around him and the head coach, I can't definitively tell you the Jets are a better football team than the Dolphins are. McDaniel's a better coach than Salah. 100%. Oh, yeah, that's not even close. Yeah, so that, that makes a difference. They have a lot of weapons. So do the Jets, but like there's kind of like teams like it's the Padres in baseball. Like the Padres had probably one of the best teams in National League West this year, and they suck because it's just the Padres. That's that, that culture. Like the Jets being good is good for football, but we just haven't seen it consistently. And I just can't get behind it until I see them win. But like their schedule, by the way, the NFL didn't. I was looking at week one, just side note, the NFL did an excellent job with their week one games. Excellent. Sunday night football, Monday night football week one. Killer. Who's who's the Sunday game again? Um, I'm going to look right now. I, I know that we've got – I actually love the opening night matchup of the Lions and the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs should win that game, but the Lions are one of the, the fun teams that neutral fans love to watch because they score a bunch of points, so that'll be cool. Cowboys-Giants. Who is it? Cowboys-Giants on Sunday night, Buffalo, New York on Monday night. I feel like that's a classic Sunday night matchup. Like I feel like I've watched that matchup so many times in my life. Ram Seahawks, Green Bay, Chicago, Philly, New York, Philly, New England, Miami, LA, Chargers, Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns. Like there's so many good games. Even like even a game like um, you know Tennessee versus New Orleans. Like that's going to be competitive. I think week one. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, like. That's going to be great. That's my favorite game of the week, by the way. Of week one, that's my favorite one. There's a lot of good games. There are a lot of good games. Are you go- Are we good here, Tanner? Are we good to yeah. ride on out? We're good to ride on out. We rode today. We're riding to Vietnam to take down the freaking Vietnamese tonight. Tanner's going to be locked into that game. He's got a futures bet at plus 220 to monitor. Guys, if you want to be locked in, make sure you are subscribed to this channel, the WSN, the World Sports Network. We, Tanner and I will be back next Monday. But until then, we hope you guys enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back very soon. Tanner, get us out of here. That was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We will see you on Monday for another episode. Keep riding.